We celebrate you. Welcome to Lofty Heights Christian Center, a ministry that exists to raise kingdom influencers. As a church, we emphasize three things. The Word, the integrity of it and its ability to transform. The Holy Spirit, His power and demonstration of the same. And love, love for God, for yourself, and for others. You are about to experience God's undiluted Word from God's servant, Pastor Wali Tejumade. Get ready for a transformation. And I started a teaching focus. I called it He Himself. And I took us through Matthew chapter number 8 from verse number 16 down to 17. He himself took our infirmities and bore our weaknesses. I explained on Friday that if there is anything unpleasant in your life, if you've confessed the Lordship of Jesus, it is not of the Lord. The Lord is not testing you. Your inability to get in a befitting job, the Lord is not trying to cause you to develop faith muscle. Mm -mm. It is not. The sickness, the diseases, it's not developing faith muscle, not for you to grow in God. No. Yes, those experiences can deepen your growth in the Lord, but you just must understand that in Christ you have everything. Everything. All that pertains to life and godliness. There in Christ Jesus. And I often say and teach that in Jesus, it doesn't matter what you have and how much you have. In Jesus, there is always more. In Jesus, there is what? There is always more. This that I just shared with you very briefly right now was one of the things that delivered me from a puppeteering lifestyle. So I'm super sensitive when things are not going the way I want them to go. It's an alert for me. Get up and take charge. Declare it. And take the things that are rightfully yours. You know, in Christ Jesus, there is nothing that you desire that God is going to manufacture right now. Everything is already there. It's like you having access to this, you know, a facility like this. Take this as a warehouse. And you have all sorts of packages in there. You know, prosperity, sound health, abundance, gift of prophecy, gift of healing. You find everything. It is the parcel that you open that you possess. You get what I'm saying now? The one that you unwrap is the one that you see the treasure therein. There are so many things in Christ. So many treasures in him that are to be unwrapped. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. This morning, my contemplation will be around Romans chapter number 8, verse number 11. And Minister Maomi, who led us in prayers, you know, must have been in the spirit to have picked the same, you know, scripture. Romans chapter number 8, verse number he says, but if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. It's Easter. We're all rejoicing. We're all celebrating. And as a matter of fact, some of you are seeing me in Agbada for the first time. Brother Curtis, this is called Agbada. See Agbada, let me hear you. Uh-huh. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Where I'm from, this is a traditional attire. You wear it on special occasions. You can see Brother Tayo Asabo at the back there. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah, glory to God. So we understand it is Easter, so we all are rejoicing. We're all clad, you know, in beautiful dresses, you know. See Coco here now with her gilly and all of all those stuff. You, you understand what I'm saying? But let's think about the essence of a day as this. 
Such that beyond us, you know, eating chicken, eating rice, popping wines and all of all those things, would understand what, what we are doing and why we are doing what we are doing. Jesus died. It is not in contention. Jesus rose. It is not in contention. Why did he rise? Think about that. Have you ever thought about that before? You, it's Resurrection Sunday. We are all celebrating. We are all rejoicing and, and all of that, right? Why did he rise? How come he couldn't be bound, you know, by the Hades of graves, you know, and death? How come? That angel said to them in the scripture that we read, he says, he risen. I know who you're looking for. You're looking for Jesus the Christ. He had arisen. He says, just as he had said. So his death, like I taught us on Friday, brought about is the seal of our redemption in him. That blood. That blood. That blood that was shed is the seal of redemption. Because without the shedding of blood, there is no remission or forgiveness of sins. And like I told you on Friday, God could have caused Jesus to sleep and not wake up. If that had happened, you would never have been saved. Because his blood actually replaced the blood of Hyphas, of animals, and of all those stuff. So he died. And that's the seal of your redemption. What then does his resurrection, what then does it do to you as a believer? Have you thought about that before? What does it convert on you? You all plead the blood of Jesus. You all plead the blood of Jesus. Plead because you understand what that. Okay, what about the resurrection power? There is no one in the history of the world that was, there is, or that there would ever be who will die, raise up on the third day, and live forevermore. It is not possible. I've heard miracles in some of you what I've heard too of people dying even in the mortuary in the morgue, right? And by some, you know, miraculous wonders or anything, they wake up again. They jack back to life. In Bishop David Oyedepo's ministry, for example, Living Faith Church, I've heard many testimonies of people, you know, jacked up back to life by the ministry mystery of, 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 the, of the mantle. But you know the truth. They will eventually die. I read in the news of a few days ago, woman of God, about a particular man of God, I think it was in South Africa, who died. And his members embalmed him for over three months or six months or thereabout. They were praying and saying he was going to come back to life. Just of recent, I read that they had to go and bury him because they said they had waited for so long for him to come back to life and he didn't come back to life. But the truth is that even if he chooses or if he comes back to life, even if it's a miraculous operation of God, he will still have to die. But this Jesus went into the grave, into the Hades, took the keys of it and rose from that and lives forevermore. What does that confer on you as a New Testament believer? You've read in the scripture, when he died, we died. When he rose, we rose. What did we rise into? When he died and we died, what died in us? I died in Christ, but I'm still alive here on earth. So meaning that it is not my physical body or my physical self we're talking about. We're talking about dead 
to sins. Not being dead in sins. Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. That's what we're talking about. We are talking about death to shame, to lack, to sicknesses, diseases, and everything unpleasant. And the life of God, the resurrection power of, of Christ, what he does, or one of the things he does for you is that he confers on you the right to life. Think about it. Why did he rise? To what end was it? What's the benefit of it? What do I stand to gain by that? Let's see Acts chapter number 2, 22 to 28. Acts chapter number 2, verses 22 to 28. Let me show you something very quickly. Acts chapter number 2, verses 22 to 28. See why everything that happened had to happen. You know, I told you on Friday, I did say to you that everything was planned to Judas Iscariot who betrayed him. It necessarily didn't have to have been Judas, but somebody had to play that part. You get what I'm saying? That was why when Jesus saw them too, he began to query and question them. So why are you bitter that he died? Don't you know that the things that were foretold had to be fulfilled? Take a look at Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves also know. Take a look at the next verse. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. Can you see that? Him what? Him being delivered. You know, I told you on Friday that Jesus was in captured. The Father delivered him, made it possible for him to be captured, to be taken. He says, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. The determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. Whom God raised up, hallelujah. Having lost the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. How come it was impossible for Jesus to have been held, you know, by the pains of death? You know, I usually use my wife as, um, I use her to test my sermons. So last night, when I began to brood on this and the Lord was ministering many things to me, I threw the question to her and said, babe, I said, why didn't the grave hold down Jesus? Why did Jesus have to resurrect? And she gave me the response I knew she was going to give. And the response I know that if I ask you all right now, you also would give. Because you would tell me because he is God. Am I right or wrong? You would say because he is God. That is the reason why, you know, the grave could not hold him back. But it is much more than that. Go back to the Bible verse, please. It says, whom he delivered. Go back, please. Whom he delivered, 23 now. It says, him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God. Being delivered by the predetermined purpose and foreknowledge of God. It was by one power, one person. 
that the grave couldn't hold Jesus bound. It was by the spirit of the father. Romans number 8, verse number 11 now. Go back to that Romans 8, 11. He says, if the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead, the spirit of who? The spirit of the one that raised Jesus from the dead. Can you see that? The spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead, if that spirit dwells in you. In other words, Jesus was raised to life by the spirit of the father. Hallelujah, glory to God. Jesus was what? Jesus was raised to life by the spirit of the father. He says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Act chapter number one from verse number one. Act chapter number one from verse number one. This is the former account I made of you, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus both began to do and to teach. You see it. Now, let's take a look at it. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Go on, please. Until the day in which he was taken up, after he threw the Holy Spirit, had given commandment to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive, after his suffering, by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Next verse, please. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me. Verse number five now, take a look at it. For John truly baptized to water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. I don't want to jump the gun into my notes, but anyone who has that spirit of the Father can never die. Let me move. To, let me stay here. Okay, I heard the clap from there. So you are there. Anyone who has that spirit of the Father can never taste death. That spirit was the reason why the grave couldn't hold him bound. If the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal body, the same one who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal body. He said, by the same spirit that is in you. That spirit is Zoe. That's, this, that's, this, that's the life of God. That was why the grave couldn't hold Jesus bound. That was why the grave. The, and, and the same thing applies to you all. Did you know that for a believer, death is not the end, but the beginning? I mean, physical death. We, 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 we mourn when people die, and that's fine. But the Bible admonishes that even when that happens, we shouldn't mourn like them who have no hope. Because that one who is dead, if they die in Christ, you shall see again. And on the point where you are seeing again, you both will rule and reign with Jesus forever. At that point, there will be no more departure, no more separation. Do 
But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. It was the Spirit of God that made it impossible for Jesus himself to be bound. You know, I, I've taught multiple times and I've told you guys, see, what made Jesus Jesus on earth was the Spirit of the Father in him. The ministry of signs and wonders did not be, uh, begin until the Spirit came into him. Hallelujah, glory to God. So his resurrection, what then does that do or what did it do to us? What does the resurrection of Jesus do for us? Number one, it changed our position. Did you hear me, church? It did what? It changed our position. It changed our position. Ephesians chapter number 1 from verse number 15. Ephesians chapter number 1 from verse number 15. That's Paul in prayers. Now brethren, this daily I give thanks to God for you. Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for the saints, verse 16 says, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. What were the prayers? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Epignosis. He then says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. Look at the next verse. He says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power? Toward those of us who believe. Not the exceeding, not the greatness of his power. The exceeding greatness of his power. So there is his power. There is the exceeding greatness of his power. That is what we have in him. Exceeding greatness of his power. Toward those of us who believe. According to the working of his mighty power. Take a look at the next verse. Which he worked in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. And seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Now, pay attention to this. This is a Bible teaching ministry. That he says, um, um, raised him up and seated him at the right hand side of the Father. Please go, yes. Him from the dead and seated him at his, at, at, you know, at his right hand in the heavenly places. It does not mean that there is a chair. Alright? So the Father is on the lower rank. And Jesus is on the, I mean the Father is on the higher rank. Then Jesus is on the lower rank, on the right hand side of the Father. That's, that's not the interpretation. The interpretation is the right hand side is the, is the side of power. Just telling you Jesus' positions, you know, when it comes to that, alright? The same way I've taught you all multiple times about the Holy Spirit. That when we say the Spirit of the Lord is in you or he indwells you, it does not mean that God, that's a physical being or Jesus, has entered into you. It means that your spirit is mingled with the Spirit of the Lord. You get it? You get it? You get it? Uh -huh. That's what it means. So that's very important. He says, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Verse number 21 now. He says, far above. Someone say far above. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is them. That is how Jesus has been elevated. He says, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. 
Look at the next one. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. Which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Let me show you Ephesians chapter number 2. I need you to compare that a little bit. Ephesians chapter number 2, let's see verses 4 to 10. I'm sharing with you that his resurrection changed your position. His death killed you. Okay? In his death, you were dead. In his resurrection, you were alive. So I'm pointing you right now to the things that happened to you as a result of his resurrection. Your position is changed. Take a look at it. It says, God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us. What did he do? Verse number five. Even when we were dead in trespasses, when we were dead in sin, when we were dead in sins, what, what did he do? He made us alive together with Christ. Because by grace you have been saved. Verse number six. And what has he done? He has raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In the chapter one of it that I read earlier on, what did you see happen where Jesus is seated? He says, far above principalities and powers. That is where you are also right now as a New Testament believer. Your position is changed. You are already translated from death into life. From sicknesses into health. From shame into fame. From lack into abundance. The resurrection of Jesus changed our position. Hallelujah, glory. Come and celebrate Jesus in this house. His resurrection changed our position. He says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Think about it. By the virtue of his resurrection, you are now seated where Jesus is seated. By virtue of his resurrection, you are now where Jesus is. Proud to that, you had no business being there. Did you know that if Jesus didn't resurrect like he said he would, did you know your salvation process wouldn't have been completed? You would have been dead to sin, but you would never have been made alive. You truly would have been dead by his death, but you never would have known new life. You would never have been able to have his life. It was his resurrection that confers the life of Christ unto us believers. He has now seated us, giving us the privilege to be seated exactly where Jesus is seated. Far above principalities and powers and dominions and might. He didn't stop at that. He says, I'm the one's names in this age and the ones in ages to come. Meaning that a believer is above all by virtue of the resurrection of Christ. Did you catch that? A believer is what? A believer is above all by virtue of what? The resurrection of Christ. You need to go read the previous verse. He says, we once were dead in trespasses. We had no capacity for this new life. We can't carry it. That's why in Acts chapter number 1, when the people began to argue and say, when will the kingdom be restored to Israel? Jesus said, that is none of your business. You want power. You want the kingdom. You don't have power. The kingdom is determined by power. 
He says, go tarry, go stay in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. When that power comes on you, the spirit of Christ, what happens is your eyes become open to the things that are freely yours in Christ. And when you then come and say to the devil, no, take your hands off that matter, he understands because he knows by the authority of whom you are speaking. Come and celebrate Jesus in this house. His resurrection changed our position. Translated us from life to death. It was by virtue of his resurrection we know if there are certain things going on in our lives that are not in tandem with his plans for our lives, we know the devil somewhat has crept in. And then we know what to do. Because we've also got the power. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal body by the same spirit. His resurrection changed my position. Precious name. Oh, how sweet. Hope of our hope of our Enjoy of heaven, precious name. Oh, how sweet! Oh, how sweet! Hope of earth, hope of earth, joy of heaven. So, the resurrection of Christ, huh? was what gave you the license to lay hand on your head and say, you foul spirit of headache, leave me now. If you believe and you do not doubt, and he obeys you. The resurrection of Christ is what gives you the power, the dominion, to take in the things that are rightfully yours. If Jesus hadn't resurrected, you wouldn't have been able to. His death was beautiful. But his resurrection sealed everything completely. First John chapter number 3 from verse number 1. John speaking says, Behold the manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. He says that we should be called sons of God. This is my mother's here. They are more carabos here. Come on, celebrate our mothers. They understand the scripture better than many of us, including me. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. The world does not know us because the world does not know So he didn't want the devil to continually trample over our lives. And all the mess going on around the world. And he chose to give the gift of his only begotten son. Bible tells us in John chapter number 1. He says he came to his own. They received him not. He says but to them that received him. To them he gave the exousia. To them he gave the power exousia. To become sons of God. But in Acts chapter number 1 verse number 8. That power that will be given to you is not exousia. It is dunamis. It is the power that is resident within. 
woman of God, not the one you would have to go and take excuse or permission to use. You, you know that power you gave me the last time? I, I want to use it. You know, the devil is trying me. Can I, can I just, just give me, just give me. And say, yeah, now take the power in Jesus and the power will work. Then you go, no, 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 no. This one, do not miss. It is the power that lives within. It is the power that is made manifest at any point, at any time you desire to. Jesus' resurrection changed our position. That's the bragging right we have. Because his resurrection was made possible by his spirit. How someone is getting blessed. Number two. Number two. This one is very, 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 you know, profound. What does his resurrection confer? It confers the life of God. Zoe. Endless life. Oh, thank you, Father. Imagine the privilege you have to having the same life that Jesus has. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying now? To having the life it has, that endless, immortal life to have it. The reason why when Jesus comes, the trumpet sounds, or you die today, you'll be raised up again, and then you'll continue to then rule and reign with him forever. Because of the Zoe life. That resurrection of Jesus confers that life on a believer. Zoe, the life of God. Jesus himself speaking. Jesus speaking in John, the book of John now. John chapter number 14, verse number 19. John chapter number 14, verse number 19. John 14, 19. He says, because I live, you will live also. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, of yes, I got. Of yes, is God. Because I know. Because I know. Life is worth my life is, is worth a living just because he lives. His resurrection imputed his life into us. It imputed his life into us. For as many of us that would believe. Again, he came to his own. John chapter number 1, verse number 12 down to 14, I believe. He came to his own. They received him not. But to them that received him, to them he gave the power to become sons of God. Come on, celebrate Jesus. His resurrection. Can you see why a believer is such a phenomenon? Can you then understand why John could say, First John chapter number 1, verse 4, 14, I think, that as, as Christ is, that is the same way we are in this world. Because now we've got the life of God. 
We have his life. We have everything that made him him. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall raise the dead. If they touch anything poisonous, it shall by no means hurt them. Everything that made Jesus, Jesus on earth, we possess in Christ. You are not manifesting it. It's not because you don't have it. You are not manifesting it because you don't know what it's for or you don't know that you have it. It's resurrection gives unto us the joy, the endless life of God. The very life that he has. The very life that he has. His resurrection. If he didn't resurrect, you wouldn't have had it. If Jesus didn't resurrect, you would never have had that life. That endless life. By the time you die, that would have been the end. You know, Paul speaking says, he says, if only in this world we have hope. He says, we are of all men most miserable. We should be the most pitied. And in case you don't understand, maybe you're new to this ministry. Listen, we are only on a journey on this place, in this place, on this earth. This is not the home. This is very temporal. This is timed. There is a timeless level. There is a timeless place where Jesus reigns, where Jesus rules, where Jesus is. And for a believer, that should be the goal. To be able to stand before him someday, faultless and blameless. And he can say to you, welcome thou son, welcome thou daughter. Receive your crown and enter into the joy of the Lord your God. That should be our desire. This life doesn't die. In the academy, the Lofty Heights Academy we've been running, I remember someone had asked a question when I was teaching about um, new creation realities and said, okay, for those who died, are we going to see them again the way they are? Are we going to be able to identify them when we see them? And I did respond, yes, I know that. I believe that we will. If not, you wouldn't have read in the book of Revelations, those who are in heaven right now are counting, John for example, are counting for those that he saw in there if they didn't look like him. Endless life make possible by virtue of his resurrection. This is the last I'm going to give for this morning so that your rice and your chicken will not get too cold and you can go home and go and dine and wine. And I think I really love this so much. What is resurrection confess? Hope. <sighs> it's H-O-P. Sounds so simple. But it's true. It's resurrection. Confess hope. You know what I mean by that? I simply mean that it was by his resurrection you know that you are not speaking, you are not serving a dead God. Do you understand what I'm teaching this morning? His resurrection is the hope that you have. If Jesus were dead, my dear sister, that he didn't resurrect, you wouldn't have, you would have been hopeless. I mean, what what do you want to be hoping for? 
His resurrection made hope available. His resurrection is the reason why you can be assured that it doesn't matter how terrible it is today. Tomorrow will be better. It's because of his resurrection. His resurrection brings about hope. Well, you know, we, I mean, we're taking series on faith and all of that. And that's very, very fine. That's very, very, very fine. I teach on that all the time. But you see, many years ago, God opened my eyes to the power of hope. Do you know when your faith is shaky, hope can resuscitate it? Just a comforting assurance that you serve a living God. If he died, if death, hate his grave, could not hold him bound, nothing can stop him. I love that songwriter says, no hope is frail. He says it is hard to kill. Listen, when a man is hopeless concerning any facet of life, the end of that man has come. God studied the book of Job. In all of Job's travels, one of the things that kept Job going was hope. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. So, child of God, my admonitions to you this morning is quite very, very simple. And it is this. That you should hope in him. Because he lives. You can live also. Because he's alive. That situation will pass. The hope in it. Is for you to continue to remember. A day like this. And say to yourself. If Jesus. Was you know raised from dead then that thing in your own life can also be brought back to life. Let me see Psalm chapter number 115 from verse number 1. I want to show you something very quickly and then I will bring the teaching to a close. Take a look at Psalm 115. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name, Lord, we give glory because of your mercy, because of your truth. He says, why should the Gentiles say, so where is their God? But our God is in heaven. He does whatever he pleases. Their idols are silver and gold. The idols of the Gentiles. They are the work of men's hands. You know people still worship those things still today? They have mouth, but they do not speak eyes they have but they do not see they have ears but they do not hear noses they have but they do not smell please can you move on verse number 7 they have hands but they do not handle feet they have but they do not walk nor do they mutter through their throat hold on a second this is telling you the difference between your own God and the God of those people. So all those things is saying that they have, they, they, they have eyes, they do not see. Converted to meaning that your own God has eyes and he sees. They have legs, they do not walk. Convert that to meaning that your own God's got legs, he can walk. They do not, please go back to the screen for me please. They have throats, they do not mutter. mutter. See, they have hands, but they do not handle. Meaning that your own God sees, can touch, can feel, can know everything. He says, feet they have, but they do not walk. Meaning that your own God's got feet, 
and he can walk. He says, nor do they mutter through their throat. Also telling you, your own God has the capacity to mutter through his throat. Haven't you heard before that his voice breaks the cedars of Lebanon? Hallelujah, glory to Jesus. Your God can roar and things will change and there will be signs. Yes, cannot. He says, those who make them are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. Those who make them, they are like them. So is everyone who trusts in them. I don't know how hopeful or how hopeless you think your situation is. But I brought you good news this morning, kingdom influencers. In Christ, there ain't no hopeless situation. There is nothing hopeless by virtue of his resurrection. By virtue of his resurrection, there is no hopeless situation. I teach all the time and say to you, this to you. Some of you may say, you know, Peter, I prayed so hard for that thing and I didn't get it. I trusted God for that thing and it didn't happen. My dad was sick with cancer. We prayed so hard for him and he eventually died. And because of that, you're downcast. Because of that, you don't want to serve God. You don't want to worship God anymore. No, what you consider success is not success to God. What you consider victory is not victory to God. What you consider testimony is not testimony to God. He causes all things to work together for good. The good, the bad, the ugly, the eyes, the lows, the blacks, the white. Everything has got the power to cause them to work together for his own good. That's why I teach you. Every believer who wants to live triumphantly on earth and have this Zoe life of God, three things you must be able to kill in your life. The fear of death. The resurrection of Jesus is you, you're not getting it? Now you have his life. He defeated death. Meaning that death should have no control or power over you too. The fear of death. If you see people struck with terminal sicknesses and diseases, many times research proven, it's not the disease or sickness that actually kills them faster. It's the thought of it. But by virtue of the resurrection of Christ, you have the endless life. You have the Zoe life. You have the life that does not die. When I say does not die, not this, 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 this um, mortality, you know, will give way to immortality. It, it's a very decaying body, decay. The one who would have in glory is way better, fancier, more glorious than this. Paul speaking says, if the ministry of condemnation, that glory that if, um, what's it called? What do you call it? Uh, Moses saw. He says, if he did the things the Bible tells us he did, he says, how much more the glory that comes by the by by the by the righteousness of the Spirit. The fear of death, you must kill it. Number two, the fear of not being loved, you must kill it. Otherwise, you'll be running from pillar to post and be saying everyone is offending you. You'll be finding something wrong where there are no hazards. 
You will be make, making mountains out of molehill because you are seeking humans for validation. You cannot thrive in life expecting that. There is no validation you need concerning your existence other than the validation that Jesus is the son of God. He died. He rose. He's coming back again. No validation compares. The third is the fear of lack. And that what prevents you from being generous tells you to keep keeping and stuffing in your pocket that which you have. So someone is dying beside you, they need help, they, are, they need $20. You have $100 in your pocket. You begin to say, if I give $20 out of $100, I will not have enough. In Christ Jesus, it is not so. The resurrection of Christ confers hope unto man. When all is gloomy, the same way it was, before Jesus gave up the ghost, you should know that after the darkness will come the light. It doesn't matter how far, how lengthy, or how long the tunnel is. At the end of the day, the stars will shine. You will see the stars. You will see the light again. The resurrection of Jesus makes that possible. Let the devil kill everything about you. Never let him kill your hope in God. Let him take everything from you. Let, never let him take away your hope in God. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. I think it was Habakkuk that said that the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on its vine. The olives of the mountains may fail. Everything may be coming down, crumbling and crushing out before me. I may not have clarity as to what you do. Things may look so standstill for me, but yet I will rejoice in my God. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Look for that Bible verse for me. It's Habakkuk chapter number 1. I think from verse number 2. Habakkuk chapter number 2. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Rise up on your feet this afternoon. His resurrection transposed us. By his resurrection, our position is changed. Take a look at the screen. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no increase, yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. It says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will draw in the God of my salvation. Child of God, lofty heights, that is hope. That is what? That is hope. Bible speaking says, hope, faith, and love. It says these three, they are bound. Let the devil take off everything. But that somewhat confident assurance that you have that tomorrow is going to be better, let him never take that off. Because tomorrow truly is going to be better. Tomorrow indeed is going to be better. It's going to be better indeed because Jesus lives. Because your God lives. Because your Redeemer lives. Because there is no longer in the grave. Tomorrow indeed will be better. The sickness will go. The job will come. The child will come. The home will come. The blessings will come. All the things you desire, they will come. 
if you will keep your gaze on it. When Jesus led us to this land as immigrants in the year 2016, I've never been here before. You all have heard me share. I didn't know a bird in the entire of this province, not just the city. A bird. I didn't know one bird here. But I've learned in Christ, there is always hope. In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my hope, my strength, my song. This cornerstone.
Hallelujah, songwriter. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from the because I'm secured in him. To touch me, you'd have to touch him. I'm hidden in him. No power of hell, no scheme of man, meaning no, 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 no attempt of the devil, no manipulations or machinations of man can ever block till he returns or till he calls me home here in the power of Christ. Take that one more time. The power of hell. The power of hell. No power of hell. No power of hell. No scheme of man. No scheme of man. Like this presents the opportunity for you to reassess your life and I'm not trying to sweet talk you to confessing and accepting the Lordship of Jesus to asking him to take over your soul such that you can also be translated your position can be changed in him such that you can also have hope in him such that you can also have endless life in him. Such that if you die today or you return right now, you know where you are heading. The Bible describes the, 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 the hell. It describes it as second death. A believer doesn't die twice. A believer dies once. A believer dies once and that dying is a dying in Christ. Are you willing to translate your position this moment? All eyes closed and all eyes bowed. There is no shame. My life was a mess too. If Jesus can find me worthy to lead you and bring the word today, there is no one he cannot use. There is no one he cannot use. I was abandoned, dejected, rejected. My case was like that of can anything good ever come out of him? But Jesus found me. He cleansed me. And like a light as the day dawns, every day my life keeps getting brighter and better, fresher, fresher, brighter and brighter. The opportunity is now. All eyes closed, all eyes bowed. Just lift up your hand above your head where you are. And let me lead you to Christ. God bless you for those hands. God bless you. God bless you for those hands up. God bless you. God bless you for those hands up without shame you may have been in church for many years yet the light has never come this is your opportunity if you're also watching online please say after me dear father thank you for your word that has come forth to me today thank you for the gift of Jesus who took the fall for my sake thank you for the gift of Jesus who resurrected that I may live again Thank you for the hope that I have in Jesus. Thank you, Father, for my position is changed in Jesus. Thank you for this joy, this endless life that you've given me, your son, Jesus. And so, dear Jesus, today, commemorating your resurrection,
I pledge my life unto you. Declaring you Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Jesus save me. Make me yours forever. Keep me your warm embrace. Let your will be my will. Conform me perfectly to your will. Guide my steps aright. Take away the desires for sins from me. And keep me forever in you. I'll keep standing Lord. Until the day of your return. Because nothing will pluck me away from your hand. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Can you say that boldly like a minute? Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. I am saved. I am delivered. I am freed. In Jesus' name, amen. If you receive that word this morning, would you celebrate Jesus? We trust God that this ministration blessed your life tremendously. Do share your testimony and experience with us by emailing us at hello at myloftyheightsglobal.org. For more life-transforming messages from our ministry, please visit and subscribe to our YouTube channel. You can also stay connected with us across our social media platforms at My Lofty Heights. To give to our ministry, please visit our website. We love you, we honor you, and we celebrate you.